Praise God. Thanks, girls. I tell you, confirmation is good. Amen. Um, you know, the Lord laid this message upon my heart just a couple days ago. Actually, it was Tuesday. So it was just two days ago. Uh, it's been stirring on the inside of me. And confirmation, I mean, I'm, I sometimes go back and forth to the Lord and say, is this really what you want me to share? And i got tons of messages, but this one just kept coming up in my spirit. Last night, is, um, I, wanted to, I don't usually watch the news, but I, I, I was laid down on the couch before I went to bed and I turned on the news just to see what the weather and sports were and stuff. And I don't like the news, so I switched to news and went over and I saw, is it... Uh, Joe Prince, Joseph Prince, what's the guy's name? Joseph Prince, he's on the same time as in 11 o'clock news is on. And he was speaking exactly about what I'm going to speak on today. So I said, thank you, Lord, that's confirmation. You're obviously trying to get some things out to your body. And then I come today, and the girls, whoever picked the songs, they go right along with the message today, and you'll see that. And then I look up, and I don't know who picked out the picture, if that was Dave or not. But I, I look at this. Anybody know what that, where that is? Tetons. That's the Grand Tetons in Wyoming. And you know what, guys? I skied on the back of that mountain, and that's where I came back to the Lord, uh, right on the backside of that mountain. I was by myself. I was doing extreme skiing at the time, and, and I'd walked away from God for 20-plus years. And I can remember, man, when that picture just blessed me. And when I see that picture of the Grand Tetons, because that's one of the most majestic mountains we have in the United States, I think of God right there, and and you know I just look at him, look at His Majesty, and and you know and I recall where He brought me from, from 1996 till now, and I had an experience with God. And what we're going to share about today is about a man who had an experience with God on a mountaintop. So it just all ties together. Confirmation is very good. Yeah, praise God. You're led by the Spirit of God, Dave. Hallelujah. So, I love that picture. You can leave that picture up till we come to some scriptures. But I titled this message today, Your Exodus. Your Exodus. Today we're going to revisit one of the most popular events in the Bible. And I could have said stories, one of the most, you know, one of the most popular stories, but it's more than a story. You know, a lot of times when you say story, you think, oh, that's a nice story in the Bible. But no, this really occurred. This event really occurred. And, and, and you really need to see it as an event. And you need to see why God allowed this event to be in the Bible. You know, God just didn't stick things in there uh, because he thought it was a nice story. He stuck these events in here so that we could relate to them and see how they apply or translate into our lives so that's what we're really going to look at today. And uh, we're going to look at a lot of comparisons today with this event and look how it translates into our lives. The event is the exodus of God's people. Exodus is defined by the dictionary, Webster's and the Strong's, as departure. Departure. The act of going away. Now, I want you to get the key to that is the act of. The act is is doing something, of going away. It's Exodus is defined by out. And it's defined by a way out. Not a way out there, but a way out. Okay? Do you know that whatever is hindering you today, 
whatever's hindering your life or your family's life, whatever is burdening, burdening, burdening you down, trying to oppress you, that you have a way out today, that you do have an out. You may not feel like you have an out. It may not seem like you have an out, but you have an out. And that is good news. Amen? Amen. Amen. God's provided a way out for us. Today it may seem like you're in bondage, a slave to this world and to its ways. But this is not God's best for you and I. It's not His best for you and I, and it's not His will for you and I. It's not His plan or purpose for you or I to ever feel like we're burdened down, that we're oppressed, that we're in bondage to anything. God would not want His children, and I'm going to prove that to you today, and I'm going to show you. So if you feel those things, if you feel like you've been burdened down, you feel like you have weight on you, feel like you might be oppressed, then this, you're at the right place today. Okay? Moses was sent to set the people free. Remember? You all know the story of Exodus, right? Okay? This isn't one that I have to go back and, and we read it all because it would take a lot of time. It's one of my favorite stories because it always reminds me of Easter. And why does it remind me of Easter? Because I always picture Jerry in the kitchen cooking the night before Easter and I'm laying on the couch watching the Ten Commandments. And it's one of my favorite movies. I don't get to watch you know, TV a whole lot, but I love that movie. And I watch, I've been watching it since I was a little kid. And I just love to see God. You know, I know that it's a TV show, but I mean, it kind of goes right along with the Scriptures. Moses was sent to set the people free. Jesus was sent to set us free. I want you to see the comparisons and the similarities of these today. Moses was a shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ. We all know that. But we can know the story of Moses and the people of Israel, and you can find that in the book of Exodus, which is the second book in the Bible. God's people have been in bondage for over 400 years. And you think you got it bad. 400 years. Let's define the players first, okay? This is what we're going to be relating to today. You have the children of God, okay? That's one of the players, the Israelites. You have God, okay? You have Moses, and then you have Pharaoh, okay? Today, we're going to do comparisons. Today, you and I are the children of God, right? Right? Come on, get amen. We're like the Israelites. We're the children of God. God is still God, Okay? <laughs> And Jesus is going to be our Moses. And Pharaoh is going to... He's related as the devil. Okay? He is the oppressor. Okay? So, I want you to be able to relate to that. The enemy, the devil, Satan, and his cohorts are a type of Pharaoh. And you could actually throw this world in which we live into into that bunch also. Because the world in which we live in, unless you know the Lord Jesus Christ and accepted Him as your Savior... They're part of Pharaoh's uh, army or part of Pharaoh's kingdom also, right? They're living in the dark. They're, they're, they're lost, okay? So I'd like to start out by reading one of my favorite passages in the Bible, if you'll follow along, and where this message originated in my, in my spirit. It's Psalm 103. Psalm 103. One of my favorite passages in the Bible. You'll see why. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, 
who forgives all your iniquities, all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like that of the eagles. Man, we could start right there, have a celebration, grab hands and arms and have a little square dance, right? Let's keep reading. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Okay, put yourself in there today if you're feeling oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel, or the children of Victory Family Church, the children of God, that's us. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. We're going to see that. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, hallelujah, nor punished us according to our iniquities, praise God. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him, that's you and I. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions or our sins from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame and he remembers that we are but dust. As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, that's you and I, and his righteousness to his children's children, that's you and I, to such as keep his covenant, which is you and I, and to those who remember his commandments to do them, that's you and I. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. But that'd be a good one to just wake up and and read every morning, wouldn't it? Just put you in remembrance. You know, we're we're more uh, concerned, and we take more uh, attention to the benefits that we have on our jobs than we do the benefits that God gave us when we got born again. That is your benefit package, Psalm Psalm 103, and it's good for you just to keep yourself in remembrance of that. I've had this message stirring in me for a while, and the Lord helped me put it together on Tuesday night. And I thought I should be obedient, and I'm so glad that I did this morning because everything is confirming what he wanted to try to get done. So we're taking a break from the series of Disciplines of Faith, which I've been on for a while. So this is just one message, and I pray to get it in here today. Your exodus has already taken place, guys. Exodus from what, Pastor Chris? From sickness, disease, strife, poverty, lack, and everything attached to the curse. Everything attached to the curse, your exodus has already taken place. We've been redeemed from the curse, Galatians 3.13 says. You know that scripture. We quote that all the time. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. You want to know what the curse is and what all the curse entails? Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. You'll see all the blessings of God, and you'll see all the cursings. Okay? The cursings, what you've been redeemed of. So, if you go to chapter 28 of Deuteronomy and you see something that's, that's tried to come against you or your family, you can, you can know for sure, and today you're going to see, that first of all, I've been redeemed from that curse. 
And second of all, my exodus has already been provided for me. And just like those Israelites, that exodus was already provided for them. The promised land was theirs for the taking. It was awaiting them. But somehow they missed it. There was only two of them that obtained it. So, there's a good lesson in this for you and I. And lastly, I always like to share John 10.10 because that's one of my favorite verses. And it goes right along with this. Okay, so if you feel like you're being oppressed, you feel like you're being downtrodden, you're feeling like sickness, disease, poverty, lack, John said in John 10.10 by the unction of the Holy Spirit that the thief cometh but only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus come to give life in abundance to the full till it overflows. So, if there's anything trying to attach itself to my life but stealing, killing, and destroying... I never get it mixed up. That's from the enemy. But if it's life and something abundantly and overflowing and good and perfect, every good gift, then I know that's from Jesus. So that is a good indicator of to find out where these things are originating from and where they're coming from. So many times Christians, good people, are getting mixed up and they're getting it like, well, I don't know if that's from God. I don't know if he's trying to teach me something. No, 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 no. They never go in cohorts with each other. It's always the devil and stealing, killing, and destroying, and then Jesus coming and try to give you and I life. Okay? Jesus, Jesus told us we're in this world, but not of it. Okay? We're in this world. Now, we're in His for a world, but we're not of it. We're not, it doesn't pertain to us. We're just passing through this place. Okay? And you've got to see it that way. If you will, turn with me to Exodus. Exodus, second chapter in the Bible. Second book in the Bible, I'm sorry. Exodus chapter 6. This is God speaking. Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 to 7. God's telling Moses this, okay? And then He's saying it to you and I. So this is pertaining to you and I in our situation today. It says, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Or we could say, I will bring you out from the burdens of the devil or the evil one or demons or this world. Okay? Because we already, we already did our comparison. The Egyptians and Pharaoh is a type of the devil, his cohorts in the world. Okay? I will rescue you from their bondage and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take care of you as my people and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from the burdens of the Egyptians, the devil, his cohorts in this world. Well, that's good news, right? That's a promise of God right there. So you need to underline that, circle it, do whatever you got to do so that whenever a bondage, uh, whenever a sickness, disease, poverty, lack try to come against you, you can go see if that's a curse which is found in Deuteronomy 28. But then you can go here and see what God's promised to you in Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 to 7. Remember, guys, this is not our home. We're just passing through this place. Okay? And it's only a short period of time. You've heard Pastor John share. It's but a, a vapor. It's but a blink. And we're out of here. Compared to eternity, this is just a short period of time, man. And I, I deal a lot with grieving people that you know, have lost a loved one. And I always share with them to encourage them, you know what, it won't be long and you'll be reconnected. It won't be long, man. It's, it's really not going to be a long time before we're all having a family reunion 
and we're all having a great celebration. I know it might be difficult for you right now, but man, in light of eternity and where you've already come from and where you're going, it won't be long. We'll all be back together again. Amen? That's good news. That's really good news. So we're in route right now to the promised land, just like the Egyptians. I mean, just like the Israelites. Okay? We're in route to the promised land. Our promised land is heaven. Okay? So how are you going to get there? All right? And just as the children of Israel had Moses to guide them, we have the Lord Jesus Christ to guide us, who leads us into triumph. He always causes us to triumph. He always gives us the victory. And He causes us to be more than conquerors. Amen? You all know those Scriptures? Okay? So just as the Israelites were looking to Moses to get them to the Promised Land, we're looking to the Lord Jesus Christ, the author, the perfecter, and the finisher of our faith. He who began a good work in you will is faithful to finish it. Amen? So He's going to get you to the Promised Land. You will get there. Okay? And it won't be long. Alright? So, we've already checked out of Egypt. Okay? We've left that hell hole behind. Okay? And it was a hell hole. Okay? You know? And Second uh, Corinthians 5.17 says that if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. What's that mean? Well, that old hell hole that I used to be attached to, that's behind me. It should be behind you. We should not have that mindset anymore that I still have to... We're in it but not of it. Okay? So, uh, I'm, I'm on my way to the promised land. I'm in route. My exodus has already begun. It's already been put out there for me and for you too as a Christian, as God's child. And yet though, guys, we haven't arrived yet. We've taken off, but we haven't arrived yet physically. Right? Okay? Physically, spiritually, we're spirit beings. Just like the Israelites, it's already been made available unto them Okay, and it's been made available unto us. And yet, the Israelites and Moses had to walk through some stuff, right? Alright? They did have to walk through some stuff. Now, I'm pastor, and I'm not going to sugarcoat things because I don't want you to get, you know, people get this grand idea that God's sitting on the throne and He just waves His wand and little stars flutter everywhere and you get the promises of God and you don't have a part in it. And it's not that way. We have a part just as He has a part. Okay? He is a if-we-then-he-God. He really is. And a lot of people don't, uh, won't go there, but I will go there because I don't want you to have an unrealistic expectation. If-we-then-he. That's our God. Okay. If we call upon the name of the Lord, if we accept Him, if we follow His commands, if we search Him out, if we seek Him, if we knock, if we ask, we see. it's all if-we. Otherwise, there's no free will in it and we'd all be in heaven. <laughs> we'd be all happy campers because there would not be no choices. There would be nothing to choose because we'd all be... Okay, so we all know that, but let's keep moving on. Okay, sometimes we get off track in that though. Okay, and we think just because God's promised something that it's just going to fall into place and you and I don't have a part to play in it. And that's false. That's very false. It didn't happen that way for Moses. It sure didn't happen that way for our Lord Jesus. Okay, he, Moses was given a promise, but Moses went through some stuff. Amen? Here's what he went through. And you and I will have to go through the same thing. This will be good for you to write this down. He still had to walk. <laughs> he still had to walk. I mean, it wasn't like 
he said, okay, I'm going to take you to the promised land. I've given you the promised land, Moses, and all the Israelites. And then, pa-boom, I wave my wand, a couple angels flutter around, and you're in the promised land. No, Moses had to walk. He had to walk. You and I are going to have to walk. Okay? He had to confront Pharaoh. You and I are going to have to confront Pharaoh. Do you really think that the devil is going to let you off scot-free? Okay, you find you and your bad self find a, a, a scripture and find some promises in, in God, and He's just going to let you go scot free without a fight? Come on, come on! He's looking to steal, kill, and destroy. Don't ever get it mixed up. Don't ever, don't ever uh, lose sight of that. Don't be ever off guard. Okay, He had to confront Pharaoh in, in multiple times, didn't He? You all know how many times? Quite a few times. All right. We have to confront the devil and when he doesn't want to let us go, just like Pharaoh. Pharaoh didn't want to let the people go, right? He said, Moses, get out of my sight. Moses, get out of my sight. Moses, get out. He said it like seven times. Get out of my sight. I don't want to see you again. And the next time you shall be you lose your head or whatever he said. Okay, so the devil, you can see how he works. He's testing you and me right now, okay? You really believe that? I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you go from this. You're not going to be released from any bondage. You're promised land. Who's God? Who's He going to? Come on, that doesn't work. And He's a persistent cuss. He is, man. And it's good, you know. It's good to know what you're up against so that you can fight it. If you're ignorant of the fact, you get all twisted and turned. You're not really sure if it's God, the devil, or what, man. Okay, so we got to make sure that we know our opposition. We have the walk. We have to confront Pharaoh or the devil and we have to confront him and be persistent to what God's Word says and to resist him and not back off. Moses had many opportunities to back off. Man, you know, you watch those Ten Commandments and you read it in the Bible. Think about all the opportunities he had to back off from the promise that God given him. You and I are not going to be any different. There'll be many opportunities for you and I to back off. We got to be persistent. We heard the word from God. Come hell or high water, I'm pushing through. I'm getting that promised land. I'm getting it. And we're going to have to deal with people. Moses dealt with a couple million people. You and I won't have to go to that degree, but we're going to have to deal with people. And in those people are family. <laughs> you're going to have to deal with family. And you're going to have to, do- you're going to, have to deal with doubts and fears. Okay? So, just because you get a promise from God, okay, doesn't mean that you're not going to have to walk. It doesn't mean you're not going to have to confront the devil. It does not mean that you're going to not have to stand. And it does not mean that you're going to have to deal, not deal with people. Because the devil will try to use people and he'll even, if allowed, he'll come against your family. You know, I share with people when, you know, I have my own business and I've had it for 26 years and I build it from the ground up with the help of God. It wasn't just me, it was God. And when I got called into the ministry, my family thought I lost it. They're like, you're going to give all this up to do that? Now, they love God, they're Christians, but they just couldn't see how I would give up everything that I worked for and then just go to work at a church. That's what they said. But you see, they didn't really mean that. They know not what they said. (laughs) The devil was trying to use them to get me to back off. And he'll do the same with you guys. So That's why you need to be aware of it. And then the doubts and the fears, you know all about them. Okay, But we've not been given a spirit of fear, but a power 
love and a sound mind. So God set us up for victory. He set us up to triumph. He set us up to be more than conquerors. Okay? So we know that Moses had ample opportunities to back off from God's promises and the same will be true of you and I also. Don't you think that because you heard from God doesn't mean the devil or the Pharaoh will just allow you to walk away scotch-free. Don't forget all God's promises are what? Yes and amen. Second, First Corinthians one twenty. First Corinthians one twenty. Man, you got to know that scripture because in this book right here are all God's promises. In all of God's promises, not three quarters of them, not ninety nine percent of them, all God's promises are yes and amen. So what's that mean? That means God never says no to one of His promises. He never backs off from one of His promises. He's not a man that He should lie. He never changes or varies. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. All of God's promises are yes and amen. So, I find a promise in God's Word that's pertaining to my situation, and I could say, Hallelujah! And God says, Yes, Christopher, it's yours. And amen, so shall it be. If I will believe and stand and walk and and resist the devil and, and confront the Pharaoh, we have a part to play, guys. All God's promises are yes and amen. Are you going to apply them to your life? Are you going to walk in them? Okay? I hear this all the time. I hear this once in my house. I hear it a hundred times in my house a day. You can't touch me. You can't catch me. You can't touch me. i got two kids and they're always like, you can't catch me. And I hear that all the time. And, and I'm a Christian. And a lot of people get uh, uh, misunderstanding and they say, well, I'm a Christian. The devil can't touch me. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't catch me. You can't touch me. And you know what? Uh, you better beware because he's going to try to come against you. Now, you have everything within you to overcome them. But don't think that the devil's not going to put up a fight for you and I. Okay? You do know what John 16.33 says because we've looked at this many times. It says, this is Jesus speaking. <coughs> John 16.33 says, In this life, guys, you will have many troubles, trials, and tribulations. That doesn't sound like good news. That doesn't sound like life in abundance to the full till overflows. But, he didn't end there. He says, But I have overcome them all. Now, if he's dwelling inside you and I and he's overcome them all, then we should be able to overcome them all, right? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You know, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So, if there's a trouble, trial, and tribulations, Jesus is saying, hey guys, don't be deceived. They are coming. They will come to you. They came to Jesus. So, who are we to think that uh, they wouldn't come to us? They came to Paul. They came to all the disciples. They came to Moses. But, we're aware of his tactics, right? We're aware of them. And we can say, whoa, whoa, but... Jesus overcame them all and He's dwelling inside me. That means I can overcome them all and it makes me an overcomer. Amen? Amen. That's good news. How? How, Pastor Chris? How can I overcome them all? By the precious blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. The word of our testimony is nothing more than, just as I share with you with that picture up there, my testimony is, is I had an encounter with God. He pulled me back into the family of God. Praise God. I'm here to share it with you. My testimony is, the word of my testimony is, is I find a scripture that pertains to me and all God's promises are yes and amen. That's the scripture I'm holding on to. I have a promise that my exodus has already begun and the promised land is right out here in front of me and no one's going to take that from me. 
No one will take that from me. Okay? That's how I can overcome. That's how I can do it. The Bible says to resist the devil and he will flee. Resist your Pharaoh. Resist your demon. Resist this world and it will flee. Doesn't mean it, it won't come back, but it'll flee. In fact, Pharaoh kept coming back and coming back. This resistance is not some mamby-pamby uh, hide-and-seek game. It's, it's an all-out war. Okay, And you need to realize that, that you are in a war in this short period of time, that you're here on this earth. It's not some la-la-la-la-la-la, I'm a Christian, and I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to fight about anything. You can't touch me. Oh, no, no. You will, he will try to come against you. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. Okay, So you can do it. How, we need to be prepared, guys. How can we be prepared, first of all? And this would apply to any message you would hear from me or any other pastor, these are four steps that you that you'll always keep you prepared. First of all, number one, stay in the Word of God, because in the Word of God you'll find all your privileges, all your rights, all the promises, everything that pertains to you that's been made available to you. Without the Word of God, you're going to not know what's yours or what is yours. So stay in the Word of God. Number two, pray. Got to keep that connection going with you and God. Okay, you got to hear from Him. You know, he's going to give you insight. He's going to give you direction. Number three, be led by the Spirit of God. Jesus said, hey, I'm going away, but I'm giving you another one just like myself. He will be here just as I was here. Just as you never lacked anything when I was here, the boys got all frantic. or like, where are you going? We can't come with you? He says, no, not right now, but don't, 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 don't worry about it. I'm going to send another one just like myself. And you know what? The one I'm sending with you, sending to you, he can be with each one of you. So when I was walking the earth with you, I could only be with you, Paul, but if, if Peter and John were going over there, they couldn't have me. The Holy Spirit can be with each and every one of us. That's good news, right? Come on, that's really good news. So we'd be led by the Spirit of God. And then number four, a lot of times we leave this one off. You've got to stay connected to the body, meaning this body, meaning this church or whatever church you go to. It's so important that you've got to stay connected to the body Okay, because when you get yourself out there, you get isolated, man. The devil sees that, and you've all watched Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. <laughs> and he goes after that little one that's always out there by himself, and he's running as fast as he can. His rear end's down on the ground. He's going fast, and, and which one does he always get? He don't get the pack. He gets the single one, the isolated one. You've got to stay connected to the body. When you're having a down day, when you're going through a rough time, there's lots of brothers and sisters, family that should help lift you up and be there for you, see you through. Stay in the Word, pray, be led by the Spirit, and then stay connected to the body. Amen? Amen. All right. Do you know that just because all these things are made available to us doesn't mean that we don't have to fight and that we're not going to have to walk by faith? Remember how Pharaoh got upset at the thought of losing his workforce. Remember that? He got so upset, he says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Moses. Not only will I not let you go, but I'm going to take away from the straw and the mud. Okay? How you make the bricks. They were, they were laboring making bricks. He says, you'll have to go find your own straw. So not only did the devil not let them go, he even made it worse on them. Okay? So, just um, we're making similarities here, guys. We're making comparisons. Okay? So, this is to make you aware for what might come up in your life. Okay? This was, you know what, and, and listen guys, they got the promise of God. A lot of times, 
we we get misled because I got the promise of God. Boy, I'm standing on it, and now I'm, I got it, and and I don't have to go through anything. They got the promise of God, and yet things got worse. <laughs> they got worse. Okay. Now it doesn't doesn't mean that that's the way it's going to happen to you, but I'm here to sh- share with you illustrations of how the enemy, and this is put in here for our benefit, that because they got their promise doesn't mean that they didn't have to fight. Pharaoh says, not only will I not let you go, not only will I not release you from this sickness or this poverty that's coming against you, I'm even going to make it worse. I'm going to drain your bank account. Or I'm going to give you ten more bad reports. That's what we're talking about. We're making a comparison. And isn't it just like that old devil? He wants you to get discouraged and lose heart because he has you thinking, you're not going to make it. There's no way possible. It can't be done. And remember the movie? They're like, Moses, what are you trying to do? You're trying to, well, we want to be released and you're making it worse for us. They wanted to stone their Jesus. And they did. They did stone Jesus. Okay? So, I mean, it's no different today, God, than it was back in Exodus. All right? I don't know what your situation is or what's been holding you back, but God does, and He wants you to know your Exodus has taken place. It's taken place. He, already, he has already provided the way and He's paved it with His grace. I shared the other night uh, on a Wednesday night, a couple of Wednesday nights ago, about grace in the Galatians. And we're actually uh, speaking about it in Ephesians too. And Pastor John is speaking about those lines. Grace, uh, I thought this was a great statement. and you, uh, you should write it down. Grace is a favor and a force. We've always thought about grace. I was raised in a Baptist church and it was always God's unmerited favor, which it is. It is. But it's also a force. It's an enablement or an empowerment to do what you and I couldn't do on our own. Amen? Man, that's really good news because where Chris Palmer leaves off or where I come to the end of my... what all I can do... That's when God's grace kicks in and He does exceedingly above and beyond what I could ask, think, or even imagine. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So it's a favor and it's a force. The favor is that we are God's children. He's adopted us into His family. That was a favor. Boy, that was a favor. That brings us privileges, benefits, and rights. That's favor. I have the favor of God. We go around quoting that or... Or, or proclaiming that we don't even know all the favor that we have. The force is is like it's a force like no other, because if God be for us, who can stand against us? Amen. There is no other force as powerful as our God. Okay. There's a lot of wannabe gods, but they're not as powerful as the God. And there is only one God, no matter what they say out in there in the world today. You know, it's just you know this message. I mean, if. Maybe you need to listen to it over and over because the Lord is speaking to me a while on it. But this world is no different. You know, I said you can group the world, the devil, and all the demons and his cohorts together. This world would say, oh, there's lots of gods. You can't put everybody in a box and say there's one God. And see how the enemy just works you know, so deceitfully and subtly to try to get people to just get back off and just accept his ways. But we're on to his devices. Amen. 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 Uh, so remember how Pharaoh and his cohorts of the day could not stand up against the almighty God. Remember? He's like, that's nothing, Moses. 
when he turned his rod into a snake. He says, my people can do the same thing. And they did. But then God started to show himself strong, praise God. And they couldn't keep up with our God. Amen? And, and you guys sang a song, um, Jesus, Jesus. Uh, um, put that up there, will you? Keep going. Keep going to the next verse. Okay, here we go. Uh, let earth proclaim, okay, to not only like um, Pharaoh and his demons in this world, the kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there's something about that name. Hey, kings and kingdoms, I don't care who they say they are, I don't care how powerful they think they are, our God's still standing. Amen? They passed away, man. They passed away. They're no longer even in existence. And when we're all gone and we're up in heaven having our family reunion, they're going to sure wish that they served the Most High God. Okay? And that's why we're, that's why we do what we're doing is to get people saved and get them into the kingdom of God. Okay? So, in, in Pharaoh's case though, okay, he would not let the people go. In fact, his people, after a period of time, remember, man, all the plagues and his people even said, you know what? Their God's more powerful, Pharaoh. You need to let these people go. You need to release them. And he still would not do it. He would not heed his people. In fact, Pharaoh lost everything. He lost everything. Remember, he lost his child. He, the, the rivers uh, turned to blood. The, the frogs, all the green and the foliage was eaten up. He lost everything, including his life. Okay? Because he did not acknowledge the Most High God. Okay? When Moses said to the people, okay, Pharaoh's released us now, they thought, he wasn't even sure where they were going. God just said, I've given you the promised land. Walk. So, how's that apply to our life? You find a promise in God's Word, okay? And you say, I don't know how that's going to happen. Or I don't see how that could possibly pertain to me or apply to my situation. And as I said before, you're going to have to walk. This is where faith comes in, okay? This is where faith comes in. They weren't sure where they're going. And let me tell you guys, if the Israelites would have known where they were going, they'd have never left Egypt. If they'd have known that the Red Sea was in front of them, they'd have never stepped foot out of Egypt. So I'm saying to you that it's going to look impossible. It's going to look a whole lot bigger than what you've ever experienced before. But that's our God. That's God. That's the force. That's a favor. That's the favor. That's grace. That's where grace comes in. Listen, if you could see the beginning from the end or the end from the beginning, you wouldn't need faith. And faith is what pleases our God. And we're going to have to live by faith. We're going to have to walk by faith. We're going to have to talk by faith and act by faith. Okay? Faith is believing what we can't see. They couldn't see the promised land. All they knew is they had the promise. Okay? And our God is not going to be any different. It's not going to be any different for you and I. You might not be able to see the end of it, but when you've got a promise from God, you can stand on it. You can believe it. Okay? We do that with our salvation. We've never seen heaven yet. I don't know if any of you have been there. I haven't. But yet there's no one that could talk you out of your salvation. Right? Okay? I mean, you would fight and brawl with somebody if they said you ain't going to heaven. And you would say, no, I know for sure. Well, it should be the exact same way with our healing, with our prosperity, with our relationships. Okay, 
We just talk a whole lot more about salvation. We're more aware of salvation. But all God's promises are yes and amen. You might not see everything in front of you. In fact, I can tell you right now, you won't. You won't see everything in front of you. God gives you light as you step. As you walk, more light is given to you. He's not going to show you light out there three days or months or years out ahead. He shows you where you're at right now and then by faith you have to continue to walk and then more light comes. That's how it works, guys. Listen, they hardly got out of Dodge. Okay? All these people, they believed the promise. Moses is out in front of them. He's leading the parade. And they hardly get out of town when someone just happens to look back and say, whoa, I hear chariots. I see a dust bowl coming. Okay? So just think about it, man. Just come on. Think about if you were in that crowd. Think if you were Moses. You probably picked up your step a little bit. Okay? We're out of here, man. But I see him coming. Now, that's the biggest force it was in that day. I mean, Pharaoh and his army, they were it, man. They were like the United States is today in the world, you know. I mean, they come after you, people are moving, scattering. So, they start chugging along a little faster and they get up and they see the Red Sea in front of them and that's it. Think about how you would feel. Red Sea in front, Pharaoh and his army in the back. Now, Pharaoh, the lion, deceiving no good piece of trash, he said, I'm going to let your people go. Isn't that just like the devil? Changes. You know, deceive, deception. Okay, so don't think it's going to be any different for you. Don't think because you just have a good day and you're feeling good and, man, you've got something in your bank account that the devil's going to back off. Don't think that, guys. Come on. We want to be prepared. We want to be strong. Okay? They hardly got out of town and then Pharaoh's like, all right, let's go get them. They had gotten their word from God. Devil, the Pharaoh had released them. And it's just like the... The devil to change his heart. He lied, and it's his makeup, and it's who he is. His mode of operation is still the same today. It's to steal, kill, and destroy, and he will not back off, and he cannot back off because that's just who he is. He's not going to have a change of heart, guys. <laughs> He's not going to have a change of heart and say, oh, this is Tuesday, and I'll just let God's children go. No, his mode of operation is to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay, so back to faith. They're hemmed in. And the Red Sea in front of them and Pharaoh's closing in. Picture yourself in there. Back to faith. Bad reports in front of you and symptoms continuing to persist. Okay? Forget the Red Sea. Forget Pharaoh. You got a bad report and you got more bad reports. And not only that, the symptoms are still persisting. It's exactly a correlation of what we're talking about in the book of Exodus. Remember, you got your word, and the word did not have defeat in it. It did not have death and bondage included in it. Amen? God's promises never include death. They never include bondage. They never include oppression. It's always liberty. It's always freedom. It's always set free. Amen? So that should get you excited. And even in your most down day, you know that that's not from our God. And if my God be for me, there's no one that can stand against me. I have been seated with Christ. We looked at that the last Wednesday night. And, and I'm seated with Christ. And it says when Jesus was seated beside God, at the right hand of God, that every name that is named, not only in this life, but the life to come has been put under His feet. So if I'm seated with Him, 
every name that is named. Well, uh, poverty, uh, lack, uh, sickness, disease, oppression is all a name. It's all underneath my feet because I'm seated with him in heavenly places. You need to look at it from your right perspective uh, and like God's eyes. Giving up to Pharaoh and giving up to the devil puts you right back to where you started from. And we know that that's not God. Okay? What am I going to do, Pastor Chris? Where am I going to turn? What's next? I use this illustration all the time with my kids because it's kind of quirky, but, you know, it's so true. And I don't even know. It's off of something in one of my kids' programs or something that they watch. I mean, you hear them over and over and over. But, you know, how am I going to do it, Pastor Chris? How am I going to get there? I mean, it just seems like, you know, I got the Red Sea in front of me and I got Pharaoh's armor behind me. It's a little song. It goes like this. You just put one foot in front of the other. You put one foot in front of the other. And soon you'll be walking out the door. Okay? You say, oh, that's, that's weird, Pastor Chris. No, that's faith. That's faith. You put one foot in front of Now you think, oh, man, I'm not getting anywhere. You just keep putting that one foot out, you know, one foot, foot, and foot. If I kept doing that, I'm out that door. You guys are still back here. I'm out the door because I'm putting one foot in front of the other. And, you know, I tell kids that all the time and, like, college kids that, you know, because they're thinking, oh, man, I got this whole world in front of me, a whole life in front of me, and oh, how am I going to do it? What am I going to do? And a lot of them go to college and don't even get the, <laughs> the uh, job and what they went to college for. I said, just put one foot in front of the other. You're trusting God. God will show you where you're at right now. And when I can't see back there where you're at, where my sister's at, but if I keep walking, light keeps coming. Okay? Because where I am, light is. And it's not back there because I'm not back there yet. Okay? So I just keep putting one foot in the other. So you remember that little jingle? <laughs> and you remember that, okay? Okay? Faith has taken God at His word. Alright? And come hell, come hell is Pharaoh or high water, the Red Sea, I'm going to make it. I'm going for it. I will not be defeated and I will not be denied. I'm getting to the promised land. I don't think I could swim across that Red Sea, but you know what, God? You promised it and I know all your promises are yes and amen. Your grace has to come into play here. Okay? And remember what grace is. It's a favor and a force. So the favor part would be like, uh, God, uh, are you aware... <laughs> there's a Red Sea in front of me and I got Pharaoh hot on my trail. Uh, can you do me a favor and get me out of this jam? No. We do that all the time with our friends and family. I get it all the time because I have a family business and they're calling, oh, Chris or Dad or Uncle Chris, can you do me a favor? Can you do me a favor? And we think we can't talk that way to God. God is saying to you, you have His favor. If you need a favor... Ask a favor, okay? Don't think that he is beyond that. He's God and that you're, you're his child. If my kids come to me and they say, Daddy, can you do me a favor? And they give me a little smile and stuff. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it unless it's detrimental to their health, okay? And then a force, how about this force, okay? We're talking about God's grace. The favor is, God, I need a favor. I need to get out of this situation. The force is Abraham, I mean Moses, lifted up his rod and stuck one foot in front of the other and he touched that water and poof, it parted and it was dry ground. How's that happen? 
How's that happen? Have you ever seen anything like that? I've never seen anything like that. Okay? And people have downplayed that and thought up a thousand ways of how that could have occurred. And they got all kinds of scenarios how the Red Sea parted and a couple million people walked through. But isn't it coincidental that the same people, the army, Pharaoh, devil, came through the same path, the same dry ground, and the seas collapsed on top of them? Why didn't it do it for the Israelites, but it did it for them? Come on, devil. Don't even... I mean, he's so dumb. It's almost pitiful, you know. And he got people believing. He's got these intellectuals thinking how that could possibly happen. Okay? So a couple million healthy, prosperous, lacking no good thing, people crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. And the enemy got swallowed up. And then comes the hike. i got to keep moving here, man. Wow, it's taking a long time. A 40-year hike. A 40-year hike. And you know what? Their tennies never wore out. They never wore out. How's that happen? How's that happen? My kids go through tennis shoes in a couple of weeks. How's that happen that you can walk for 40 years and your clothes and your tennies don't wear out? Okay? This is the point of this message. It didn't have to take 40 years, guys. It did not have to take 40 years. God amply supplied them through that 40 years but it wasn't his desire, it wasn't his will for it to take 40 years. And it's not his desire and it's not his will for it to take 40 years for you to get your promise and obtain your promise. How many of you want to go on a 40-year hike? <laughs> I know I don't. I like the hike. We like the hike as a family, but I sure don't want to go on a 40-year. Isn't it just like the devil to get people all tripped up? spin in circles and not get anywhere? What should have taken them a couple of days, guys, or weeks at the most, took them 40 years. 40 years! It's no different today. I run into people all the time that I graduated with, went to high school with. And I graduated in 1981, so I don't even know how that's a lot of years ago. (laughs) But, you know, 20-some years ago, and I'll run into them out in the street or in the mall or something. I'll say, hey, man, how you doing? What's going on in your life? Ah, nothing. Ah, nothing. Can't wait till Friday. Hate Mondays. They're in the exact same position they were 20 years ago. They're exactly where they were when I walked away from them. And they thought, you know, I'd lost it, a Jesus freak, <laughs> and all those things, you know. But I look at them and I talk to them, and they're no different than what the Israelites were. They're complaining and they're whining and they're in the exact same position they were when we graduated high school. That's so sad. That's really sad, man. And, and you know what? They don't want to hear about my life, but man, I, you know, man, serving God and seeing people's lives get changed and going on mission trips and, and building churches and, and in a big church. I mean, come on, man. There's no comparison. There's no comparison seeing God do miracles and change people's lives and stuff. And, and Monday, Monday's no different than Sunday, Friday, Saturday. They're all the same. It's, they're all great. I'm alive. You know? But it's no different, guys. And I want you to see that, you know, because they're disgruntled and they're not thankful for anything, that all they're doing is going lap after lap after lap, man. And they're just putting in their time. And they're no different. And yet, they're a little worse off because they're having to replace their tennis shoes. <laughs> God's desire for you and I was never 
to be idle or be in the same position year after year after year. Listen, and I'll exhort you with this. If you are in the same position you were last year and the year before, you know, I'll have to say anything more, right? Our God is a God of advancement and increase and moving forward. He ne- idle is a is a uh, four-letter word to God, and it's a bad word, idle. I'm serious. That's not joking around. Our God never meant for you and I to be idle. He never meant for us to be in the same position that we were in. He wants us to constantly be increasing, advancing, and moving forward, being more conformed into His very likeness. And He lacks no good thing. I can assure you that. I want to encourage you guys, if you're stuck in the mud, if you're not going anywhere, cry out to God just like the Israelites did. God, get us out of this hellhole. Get us out of this hellhole. We want release from this bondage. And He'll do you a favor. He'll do you a favor, but you're going to have to walk it out. You're going to have to walk out of that hellhole. I'm telling you, you've got a part to play. You're going to have to be a doer of what He asks you to do. And if and when you do, He'll grace you to do and be all that He's obtained for you to do and to be. So they left Egypt and were headed to the Promised Land. And they started that murmuring and complaining. I'm going to wrap it up here, guys. The Promised Land was within their reach, but the murmuring and the complaining idled them and kept them all from obtaining the Promised Land. Why so long, Pastor Chris? Why 40 years? They were so close. You are as close to your promise too. You are very close to your promise. Whatever that is. Hear what God's Word is relaying to us so we can learn from this event and not have to relive it. Maybe this is where you're at, literally. You've heard from God. You've acted you may even have started walking. He showed Himself strong on your behalf. He's released you from Pharaoh, from the devil's grip. He's parted a Red Sea for you. But it's so important. You, and, and now you're discouraged. And now you're like distraught. It's like it doesn't seem like it's working. I have a good day, bad day. Take two steps forward, four back. Recall. Put yourself into remembrance. He brought you out of that hellhole. He parted the Red Sea for you. They asked and cried out for water. He provided a rock that fallen around and the water gushed out of it and, and, and supplied a couple million people. They cried and murmured for food and He sent quail coming out of, his, out of, a, uh, out of the sky. He, he gave them fire by night to show them where to go and He guarded them in the day with clouds. How's all that work? How's all that work? In all their murmuring, complaining and whining, It kept them idle in the same position, yet God is so patient with us. He's so merciful that He took care of them in that. They just never obtained the promised land. It's not to say that God's going to turn His back on you. He will never turn His back on you. But for you to achieve and get all that God has for you, you're going to have to walk through it and you're going to have to do it by faith and you won't be murmuring and complaining because when you do that, it puts you in idle. And that is not faith. And when you murmur and complain and whine, you've taken God out of the equation. You've said, you're not big enough. You can't take care of this for me. Okay? And He will allow you to do that. That's not His best. 
Watch it, guys. Don't fall into the enemy's trap. Okay? Moving ahead fast here. Murmuring and complaining will keep you from your promise. It will keep you in bondage. It will stall you and put your faith in idol. I'll end up with this. Psalm. Turn with me. Psalm 105. Psalms 105. This is what took place for the people as they left. There's so much in there. You read that Scripture and you you think about it like we talked about today and apply it to your life and see the similarities of whatever you're trying to come against you. Psalm 105 verses 37 says, this is talking about the Israelites coming out of Egypt. And it says, He also brought them out, God brought them out, with silver and gold. Hmm. And there was not a feeble one among his tribes. Think about that. They were in bondage making bricks. Didn't even have the supplies to make bricks. God, he heard their cry. He did them a favor and got them out of Egypt. And not only did he give them a favor getting them away from Pharaoh and the devil, not only did he uh, split the Red Sea, not only did he give them water to drink and food to eat and protected them in the day and gave them warmth and, and, and guidance at night, it said that he loaded them up with silver and gold, which they did not earn or which was not even theirs. And it says there was not a feeble one amongst them. How's that work? A couple million people, not a sick one amongst them. It was theirs the whole time. It was available to them for the taking. And it's the same for you and I. You know what? Uh, I learned a song way back in Baptist church and... I'm going to sing it for you today, just a little bit of it. But you know what? I'm talking to you about putting one foot in front of the other and walking by faith, even when the devil's coming against you. It goes like this, and you'll know it. I have decided to follow Jesus. They said, I've decided to follow Moses. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Okay, and then that's one verse. And then the next verse, it even gets a little... It's none, though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back. Forget that hellhole. No turning back. Listen, guys. Remember that song. You look unto Jesus. You follow after Him. He will get you to your promised land, whatever that promise is. It's out in front of you. And how you will get there? By putting one foot in front of the other. Okay? Do you get something? Yeah. Okay. Praise God. Let's, let me pray for you. Father, I thank You and praise You. Thank You for Your Word and Your promises. And I thank You for my brothers and sisters, Lord. I thank You that You imparted whatever they need. I don't know what that is, Lord, but You do. And I thank You, Father. We decree that we are going to be doers of Your Word. We will walk out what You tell us to do. And we will do it in Your timing. We will not be behind You. We will not be ahead of You. But we will be right alongside You. And we are excited and have great expectations that our promises are right out in front of us. And we will obtain them, Father, in Christ Jesus. Thank You, Father. I thank You for a blessing upon Your people and upon this day and all that they set their hands to. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Thanks for coming out.